Well, hello and welcome to After the Sermon, a Bethany podcast where we have the privilege of digging deeper into our Sunday messages. I am Tammy DeLau and Pastor Steve Musto will be bringing us our message. Um, July 2nd is our Sunday. And you, ma'am, I'm so excited you're here. If you are watching, you are seeing Jenny Young. She's joining us yes. for, for Psalms 18. Mm-hmm. So I did come in today and I brought an old Bethany, um, yeah, an old Bethany directory to show Steve the Jenny that I we remember. We love it. Yes. It, it is gold. <laughs> it is gold. Literal. It's a yeah. uh, uh, long time ago, but yeah, yes, when you're a, a lifer such yeah. as I am. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastic. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, yeah, I mean, the pictures of you great and you're adorable. Thank mm-hmm. you. But then it's also looking through at all the people who I yeah. know at a different age and seeing them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm motioning to Tammy at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I got I don't look the young same. Yeah. I don't look the Not same. Not as a grandmother. Yes, yes. So. There you go. So when I heard you were coming, I was so excited. So yeah. I am curious, how did you feel? How did this uh, journey getting you into our gray chair feel for you? Well, when I first got the email, I was at work um, and thought it was the strangest thing and uh, tried to get out of it at first. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was talking with me and it was like, if Steve asked you, it wasn't for kicks and giggles. It was mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I, I even wrote in my email, I said, you know what, Sherry, we're going to step out in faith and I'm going to put in a request to have the afternoon off. Cause I usually work until three 30 or four at the hospital. So I said, I'll put in a request for the uh, afternoon off. And if our patient counts allow it, then mm-hmm. I'll be there. And she goes, all right, put awesome. you on the calendar. Great. That is awesome. So we are in Psalms 18. Um, It is a lot of verses, so I will not read you all 50 verses, people. (laughs) So we are realizing that David is just being honest about the distress that he's feeling, that there's enemies entangling him. There's a lot going on. And so if we start in verse six, um, he says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quake because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed. The heavens came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. And then he goes on and on with this poetic language so much. And if we jump down to 16, he sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. And then just talks about how amazing our God is. So I always wonder when you're choosing your Psalms, because there's so many, what drew you to this one? Why, why Psalms 18? Psalm 18 was, I probably the Psalm that started the series for me. Um, Because I found Psalm 18 when I was a teenager and I'll tell that story a little bit more on Sunday, so I don't want to give it away, but I found it. I, I mm-hmm. opened, I did one of those, just open your Bible okay. in mm-hmm. a moment of desperation mm-hmm. at 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And the Bible fell open to Psalm 18 and I read it on my bedroom floor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what I read was a God who cared enough about this man to ride to his rescue. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a place where you want rescue, mm-hmm. you know, we've 
You remember the 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 whole sub. Mm-hmm. The, the sub goes down to the Titanic, and everybody's you know praying about this and what's going to happen. How's it going to happen? How's it going to resolve? There's there's this feeling. I mean, I think we all put ourselves into their shoes a little bit. Yeah. Like, what would that feel like wanting to be rescued? So that's what this is. And this, I've I, the first time I taught this, mm. I, it was one of those. I have always wanted to teach this Psalm because okay. of how much it means to me. Okay. And so, yeah, this is probably the one that, that sparked the whole, the whole series, series in a oh, sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So how old were you when that happened? You said 14 or yeah, 15? Yeah, like 14, 15 as a freshman in high school. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when you read it, I know you, we didn't give you a lot of information, <laughs> so right. you're coming in cold, but just, I think is good. Um, when you read Psalms 18, what stood out to you? Um, the descriptive language is, um, huge. Mm -hmm. Um, it reminds me of, um, like fantasy, Mm -hmm. uh, movies where, you know, people are scared of a dragon, but it actually comes to rescue the person that Mm -hmm. needs it. Um, especially with the flaring nostrils and (laughs) all the different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but one verse that really struck me was 19, like he rescued me because he delighted in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, being a woman who is uh, forced to see all of the things on social media, self-worth is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that he delights in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even if he good, Jenny. Um, doesn't pluck me and, you know, make uh, like fantastical miracle happen immediately doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And he's doesn't have a plan for all of it. Yeah. The, the description of him mounting on the chair. So it's like he, he puts a foot on Hmm. a bunch of cherubim, these powerful, mighty angels yeah, and, and hitches them up like a team of horses. Mm Mm-hmm and flies and comes flying and this dark, thick black cloud mm-hmm. descends and out comes the maker of heaven and earth flying out of this dark cloud. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, everybody who's holding a sword Drops who's it. fighting against <laughs> David is right. like, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> right. and drops it oh. and runs home. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I have to confess when I was reading it, First of all, I didn't realize that we find the same song that David wrote. I think it's in 1 Samuel 22. And so I'm like, oh, that is just so, you know, so cool. Um, So I have fun when I get to do my studying time. I realized I like the God who snatches you out of the water. And it feels like snuggly daddy God. Uh, A God with smoke coming from his nostrils feels a little scarier to me. Now, I know this is poetry and our God does not have nostrils with smoke coming out of them, yeah. but it was, I could tell there are parts of God that feel a little more intimidating to me than other parts of God. So, so in literature, if we mm-hmm. go back to, you know, freshman literature, it's anthropomorphism. Mm-hmm. It's where you put a character mm-hmm. uh, on, on God. When we, and we do this with dogs. We say the dog is smiling. Well, the dog isn't really smiling, <laughs> but we put, we, we imprint right. this on right. and, and we do this with other things in our, in our world. And this is our way of accessing, trying to understand God. Mm-hmm. And this is how David envisions it. And part of it is a wish. Part of it is like, mm-hmm. I want God to do this. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I would just love is to see God do these things. But part of it is the idea 
that God is powerful and he's trying to poetically mm-hmm. uh, explain yep. the power and might and majesty of God. Yep. And even the language that he uses, obviously being a, a warrior, shield and fortress. And yeah. I mean, definitely is using that language that speaks to his heart. Yeah. So I know as you're doing the sermon so often, we just want to, we treat God like a magic genie. Sometimes we just want to ask for something and it just happens instantaneously. When you read this, if you don't know the story of David, you don't realize that it took time, that there was hiding in a cave. There was enemies chasing him. I think that speaks to our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so often. And so Jenny, I know I was, as Steve told me that he really felt like God wanted you here. Yeah. And because I've known you since this picture, yeah. I know that you, um, you have a story where you have cried out to the Lord, but he's not delivered you instantaneously. He's been faithful and yeah. you see his faithfulness. I, I did not know any of this. He by didn't the way. know that, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, Which, such a yeah. cool thing. So, um, so cool. So would you mind sharing your story a little yeah, bit? Yeah, okay. I will try to condense it as much because it okay. is, um, yeah, involves my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I was born with four half kidneys and um, very quickly my parents found out that one was causing issues. Um, so I was at four weeks old, brought into an operating room and they removed one. Um, and I still have a really cool scar on my back, uh, but they, uh, so then throughout my childhood, um, infections and different things, because, you know, children aren't good at taking care of mm-hmm. things like that as they're learning. I never felt like, why me? Mm-hmm. Until I uh, got to, I think the summer um, after seventh grade, mm-hmm. I, um, realized that I couldn't see the um, chalkboard. Mm. Um, so they styled us alphabetically and my last name is young. So I was in the back. She was in the back. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, this is weird. I like my eyes aren't focusing, right? focusing. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. really see things. Everything's fuzzy. This is weird. And this was just at the time when glasses started to become cool again. So I was oh. like, mom, this is so awesome. I'm going to get to wear glasses for real, not just go buy the fake ones <laughs> yeah. from Claire's or whatever. Right. So, um, so she takes me into the eye doctor and he goes, yeah, your eyes are a little, um, they're, you know, not perfect, but there's something else happening in the back of your eye that I want the next level. So the ophthalmologist, which is Mm -hmm. the next level eye doctor, Mm -hmm. he takes a look, does some tests and goes, yeah, uh, there's, you could get glasses or this, but there's something else. I'm going to refer you to the neurologist. So they think it's something with the eyes connecting to the brain, the neurologist who flash forward, I ended up working. I get, I worked with until he retired recently, Mm -hmm. which was cool. Um, okay. So was that Tom Edwards? Um, no. no, I got, I was seeing Dr. Edwards until he retired too, okay. but okay, there you no, go. he's an optometrist. Okay. So he was the one giving me my current eye prescription, okay. <laughs> but no, um, the neurologist, um, said, yeah, there's some swelling, you know, MRI, mm-hmm. lumbar puncture. Um, oh. yeah. So lots of different tests. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but you know, and my parents are like, you know, you trust your parents and they're like, this is necessary. The doctors are saying this is necessary. And I was like, all right. And at this point we're as a church, I'll praying for you. Yeah. So, and yeah. everybody, yeah, I'm on the prayer list. Mm-hmm. Um, they find out that my, um, there's some swelling in my optic nerves and a little bit in the brain, but nothing where it was like immediate cause for concern, but he wanted to do 
at this time didn't realize that the brain stuff is connect, everything's connected. Mm-hmm. So we want to do a uh, steroid treatment uh, with an IV. Uh, so hospitalized for just a couple days um, just to get every, all the swelling down and then reassess. And they wanted to do it in the hospital just for um, observation. Okay. So get me to the hospital, um, everything, you know, intake, admit, whatever. And they get a blood pressure cuff on one arm, IV started on the other arm to get the treatment started. I error out a blood pressure machine. I'm 12 years old. I should, you know, so they go get mm-hmm. another machine, error it out. They cannot get a read on me. They finally do it manually. My blood pressure was uh, something over 250 over 150. My blood mm-hmm. pressure is higher than the graphs that you learn about in school for hypertension. Mm-hmm. So they're worried oh. about stroking, all heart attack, yeah. mm-hmm. all the different things that a 12 year old should never, they should never be right. looking at. So I get shipped up to ICU and spend the next rest of the week in a haze of medications. And cause I, you know, they're putting me on adult dose of medications and they're trying to get my blood pressure down as fast, but as safely as possible. I'm just sicker than a dog. I just, I can't see, I can't, I can't, mm. anytime I get up, I get dizzy and you know, I'm, you know, puking all the time. Sorry. That's <laughs> kind of gross. But, yeah. um, so I, and then I stopped eating. Cause I was like, if I don't want to bring up what I just take, took in, yeah. I'm not going to eat. So I'm losing weight like faster than anybody should. Um, and they finally realize, and I don't even remember all the things that had happened. Cause I'm in the state of my blood pressure is being taken every two minutes around the clock mm-hmm. and they're doing all sorts of tests they finally realized that they, my kidneys are misfiring and telling my heart that it's, they're not getting enough blood to filter. So my heart is working so hard that mm. it's causing swelling in my brain. Whoa. So. Okay. Wait, time out. Yeah. So where you're 12. Uh, yeah. 12 or 13. What do you believe about God at 12 at year 12 old Jenny? Old, yeah. what, what, where, where are you? Sweet Miss Martha, mm-hmm. um, in, uh, the women's morning edition, uh, she was, um, a sweet lady that took care, helped take care of the kids when okay. all the moms were learning things on Tuesday mornings. And she helps lead us to, um, Christ at a mere four years old. Mm-hmm. But then at 10 or 11, my, um, aunt's church did this like Easter production every year, yep. um, in some form of the Easter story. And there was one that just like hit me like over the top of my head. And I was like, I, this, I haven't been doing what I say that I'm claiming that I should be doing. And so. And you were how um, old then again? Probably 10 or 11, like right before this all went down. Um, So when you're 12 and you're in the hospital and all this crazy stuff is coming, happening, are you crying out to God at that point? Did you know enough were you walking with God enough that you were crying out to him? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, I actually brought up to my mom. Now that I think about it. I brought up to my mom. I was like, you know, and I don't remember how, where I heard it, but I said, mom, Joseph never asked why when yeah. all the things happened to him, he never said, why did this happen to me? Mm. He just prayed about it. Um, and our phrase while we were going through all of this was this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my parents were praying constantly. I could, I could feel it, but I don't know if I remember like specifically praying all the time about it, but I remember, you know, talking with friends that were going to church and, um, my brother and sister, they weren't, um, too old at that point, but yeah. So you had this experience. Yeah. So then I got shipped out to UW Madison because 
They didn't have the doctors here for pediatrics at the time that needed to do all the things. Yeah, they finally realized everything's connected. So I had to be on uh, and still am on medication for high blood pressure and kidney function um, because, you know, in order for my kidneys, they need to stop freaking yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, at one point, and so, you know, going through all the things and learning things retroactively, um, like my heart uh, wall was over an inch thick mm-hmm. because it was working so hard and you're, it's not, you know, it's supposed to be like less than half of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, learning things like that. And then my parents telling me things after a while, cause mm-hmm. I was 12, I couldn't absorb all of it. Right. Um, and I constantly, like the more I learn, the more I come back to them and I'm like, how did, how, how, mm-hmm. how did you survive this? Mm-hmm. Like, and take care of two more children. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, like my family got involved, like my mom's sisters got involved and mm-hmm. church family got involved, mm-hmm. yeah. which is amazing. But so why I think your story so parallels what Steve is teaching us is, God could have, because he's God and he is the great physician. He could have touched 12 year old Jenny and you could have been healed and he, you're here. And Mm -hmm. we're so thankful Mm because I know that we did not always know that that was going to be the case. Um, But you still are taking medicine. And so it it wasn't a pluck out that he is walking you through this, this condition Mm -hmm. even now. So yeah, it'll never go away. Mm -hmm. It'll, um, I will never be off medication. Mm -hmm. Um, God has granted that I get to take less medication over the years, which has been amazing, but I will never not be taking medication. And there's always that looming. What if in the background, as I get older, my doctor says that I probably, you know, if the prognosis is, if I stay on medication and stay in a healthy lifestyle and food like Mm -hmm. modifications, I won't ever need a kidney, but like a transplant, but it's never, the, the percentage is not zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's always a, a what if thing or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, now you work in medical mm-hmm. field. So yes. you deal a lot with patients. Yeah. Um, yeah. I work in, uh, yeah. In the neurology field. Yeah. Which has been a lot of fun. So yeah. I, I, and this leads me to I was uh, thinking about this today. I was praying about this today because we have a friend who's going through some legal issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought to myself um, how easy it would be for God just to whisper into the ear of the judge, just do this. And then this young man is freed mm-hmm. from the legal issues. Yeah. And that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that would seem to be the end of the problem. Because you care about the boy and you care about the parents. You and do. You care about, yes. You yeah. do. You care about all those things. Mm-hmm. And right. the truth is what we have is now, we don't have later. And so if I, I was trying to think about how to diagram this because everything is teaching and preaching for me, but, and I couldn't figure it out. But basically, do I want that now and a relief of those issues now? if it meant that this young man in seven years is completely derelict and devoid of any moral fiber and on the street and Mm. well, of course not. Mm -mm. But I don't know that that decision could lead 
to that. But God does. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. what if God whispers into the ear of the judge? Come down hard. Come down hard. Mm-hmm. And that leads to years from now, this beautiful life, this beautiful story. Right. So what we, it, it's because we're finite creatures, mm-hmm. we always in the moment say, I don't understand why God is doing this. And he has to live with, I mean, times millions (laughs) being blamed Mm -hmm. for these awful things that are happening when the, the fruit of those awful things, Mm -hmm. as much as it breaks his heart as a father to see us go through these things, Mm -hmm. he knows that on the other side is this wonderful thing for us. And to get us to the wonderful thing, we have to go through the hard some thing. Some turbulence. We need some turbulence to yeah. get to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder if you don't go through that, you know, where, where do you end up? Yeah. I, I, you know, can't say for sure because I didn't experience it any other way than I did, but yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think I would be the person I am yeah. without going through that. And, you know, there's so many stories I could tell yeah. about things that looking back shaped my walk. Right. Yeah. Hindsight is really 2020. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there anything more? I know we've touched on your, on your sermon, Steve. Is there any other points that you aren't going to get to that you're like, oh man, let's use this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a long, it's so it's long. a long mm-hmm. Psalm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, th- this is like, I mean, it's not, there are longer Psalms certainly, mm-hmm. but it's on the longer side. So this is kind of like, um, American Pie, if you're uh, mm-hmm. if, of of songs, so it's not the longest song, but it's it's pretty long, and I think it's worth reading if you've never never read it through, mm-hmm. um, because one of the things that David does is he goes through, and we talk about this in the message. He goes through the places where we all look for help. Where are the places where we typically in our world find help? And he's saying, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But then he does this whole thing about righteousness. Yes. And he starts talking about being righteous. And I'm like, who can say that? We know the Bathsheba story. We know the Uriah the Hittite story. How can you say those words? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And David, uh, yeah, those are David's worst sins. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. How'd you like for your worst sin to be the worst thing he ever did Mm -hmm. to also be in people's minds for the rest of, Mm -hmm. of history, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah, but But. the worst thing he ever is like his worst day ever. Yeah. But he gets to be called a man after God's own heart too. So he does get that. Yes. But I always wonder whenever I preach about David and Bathsheba or whatever, I always think David's just like, Oh man, again, (laughs) leave me alone. Can I not be known for that? But there is, he does this whole, meditation mm-hmm. on righteousness and what, where do you go if you don't have God? Where do you go if Yahweh is not your God? Th- those people who don't believe in God, they cry out to nothing, mm-hmm. to no one. Mm-hmm. And no one answers them, David says, nobody. Right. Because they're, they're yelling into, into the darkness mm-hmm. and there's nobody listening. Mm-hmm. And um, that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't know Christ. Yeah. If you don't have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And actually asked my uh, dad about this at a funeral many years ago. Um, I can't remember if it was for a close family friend or actually for family, but there was quite a few unbelievers at the funeral and it just struck me. I was like, how are they coping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like, I know that I'm going to see this person again yeah. in heaven. And I, I have confidence that they are, that's where they're going. Yeah. And I have confidence that I will be going there too. However, these people don't have that same confidence. How yeah. are they coping with the loss? I don't get it. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's hard. It yeah. is. You, you, uh, you brought up Tammy, the, you know, what, what else is here and, and is it really There's so much? <laughs> yeah. Is it yeah. really, mm-hmm. um, how can David really say this? And I think he deals with that. He, he says in 43, starting in verse 43, he says, you freed me from the feuds among the people. You've appointed me the head of nations of people. I had not known mm-hmm. serve me foreigners submit to me. Cringing as soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners lose a heart. They come trembling from their fortification. I mean, to be, and he's dealing with this, mm-hmm. you know, power and fame have not gone to his head, at least in this moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's having one of those, who am I yep. moments mm-hmm. where he realizes there are people who are not God's people. I mean, he's mm-hmm. talking about the enemies of God yep. and they're coming crawling out from under their rocks where they have been beaten to a fine pulp mm-hmm. and saying, mercy, mercy, mercy. And he just says, who in the world am I? And I love if you go on, he's like, the Lord lives. Blessed mm-hmm. be my rock, exalted be God of my yeah. salvation. The Lord who gave me vengeance. And so as much as those words can sound like, seriously, you think you're that great? He is giving God the credit. Yeah. So you do, it's one of those things where you do need to read on farther. That content right. matters. So I think for your story, Jenny, the thing that um, we are very quick to jump to um, the the specialist who did this. Well, we the specialist came in from you know Sweden, and he was the only <laughs> only one in town. And then you know right. then nobody else does this. And and if we had not had that person, mm-hmm. you know we would have, we would have died. There's all of those kinds of stories, and David has this similar look. I, this, this thing happened. And if this, these circumstances had not happened, mm-hmm. none of this, I would not be where I am. But of course it's about God. Mm-hmm. It's about God saying, you're going to be this sick. This is how sick you're going to be and no more. And, mm-hmm. and everything, your body obeys its maker. Your mm-hmm. body says, okay, that's it. Here's my line. Mm-hmm. And this is where it stops. Mm-hmm. And because our maker has said, this is as far as we're allowed to go. And seeing that this is about God and keeping the focus on God, even as a young one, um, being able to know that you're loved and cared for by your heavenly father and he sees you and he takes care of you. And uh, it's kind of a cool thought. It's very cool. So just like David knew that God was worthy of his praise and that he was a stronghold, 12-year-old Jenny knew that too, which is super cool. So it's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. It was very fun having you. This is good. And I look forward to your message, Steve. I know it'll be great. So always is. So, And thank you for joining us. Have a great week. Bye-bye.